September 25th here at Draft Shark Studios, <laughs> remote this week. I was about to say in Rochester, New York, you're just out of habit, but I'm not in Rochester. I'm far from it. This is our week three FanDuel podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaaf. With me, as always, is Jared Smola, and this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Jared, I'm far away. You're back in Rochester, but I still feel like we can argue about some picks here. So start us off with a quarterback that I can argue with, please. Yeah, I like Justin Fields here on FanDuel as well. You know, I, I like him a bit better on DraftKings because I think saving salary is always more important on DK. But 6500 bucks for Justin Fields. On FanDuel, I mean, just the rushing upside, he's going to give you, um, you know, he, he had 92 rushing yards in the preseason and about a game and a half's worth of snaps. So, you know, what's that? It's like 60 rushing yards in a game. I, I think, you know, that's a pretty fair projection for him. So I, I like fields and cash. If, you, if you're going to pay up, I like Lamar Jackson for 8,400 bucks. I just like who, who on that Lions defense is going to stop Lamar Jackson running. And he could have a big, big day passing too, because that secondary was bad to begin with. And they've lost a couple cornerbacks already. I'm a little bit scared of Lamar Jackson for cash coming off a hip injury. Not an injury, but he admitted earlier this week that his hip was sore because he flipped like an idiot into the end zone instead of just scoring a touchdown. Um, and, and the illness that is, that is apparently what has him questionable for the game. I think he'll play, but I think the combo just concerns me a little bit for what you have to pay for him. Also, there's so many options at quarterback this week. My favorite for cash is Matthew Stafford at 7600 bucks? We've got a pass-favoring matchup for him, as we saw with Dak Prescott against the Bucks in week one, as we kind of saw with Matt Ryan last week at Tampa Bay. He had a bad game and still ended up with 300 passing yards, two touchdowns, three picks. Plenty of upside for Matthew Stafford without paying up for um, the higher-priced guys, or Kyler Murray especially, at 9 k um, GPP side, what do you think? I like Josh Allen for eight thousand dollars, and his prices come down. He's 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 like priced in the like second tier of quarterbacks now, and he's obviously gotten off to a slow start. Um, a bit of a, a bit of a concern, just considering his history. Like you know, he was an inaccurate guy throughout his entire career, basically until last year. So, I guess there's a chance he, he's just you know gone back to that. But I'm I'm betting against that, and especially in tournaments, like I'm just betting on the ultimate upside. And Allen obviously has that. He showed it all last season, um, Buffalo the pass-heaviest offense in the NFL, the fastest-paced offense in the NFL so far. So you're just going to get a ton of volume here. Um, Allen still has touchdown upside with his legs. So I'm going to you know, try to buy low on Allen in this spot at home for Washington. Yeah, the biggest reason to just go ahead and trust him is that he could play poorly and still produce fantasy numbers like he did over his first couple of years in the league. It'll be interesting to watch because, you know, especially if you start out struggling, it can be easy for a player to kind of fall into old habits. So we'll see where he goes. But at this point, we'll go ahead and buy the dip. My big thing on the tourney side here on FanDuel is I'm not going one way and sticking with it for GPP lineups. I think there's too much a quarterback, and I want to spread it around because, you know, we project them all. We rank them specifically for the week. But I don't know who's going to end up throwing four or five touchdowns. That, that part is luck. 
So rather than be frozen out of that by just being too staunchly in the corner of one quarterback, I'll spread it around among Stafford, who I mentioned, 7,600, Justin Herbert, 7,500, Kirk Cousins, 77, Tom Brady, 78. You mentioned Josh Allen. You know, it talks about Kyler Murray at the top end. Russell Wilson at 8,400 is another that we haven't mentioned yet. All of those guys have attractive stacking options, plenty of fantasy upside. So I'll spread it around among that pool of quarterbacks. Like I said, I'm leaning away from Lamar Jackson a bit because the ownership is up for the matchup with Detroit and there are the health issues um, that are at least question marks, if not full issues. And even though I mentioned Kyler Murray being so expensive, I think GPP side, if you're entering a bunch of lineups, I don't think you can really fade him versus the group, maybe play him a little bit less, but he's got to be involved at this point after the way he's played the first two weeks. Agreed. Running back, what do you like for cash? Clyde Edwards-Alaire is like the guy that's tough to get away from on DraftKings. I think it's Saquon Barkley on FanDuel for $6,000. Um, and, I, you know, the, the production didn't come in week two, but the usage was kind of back up to old Saquon Barkley. He played 84% of the snaps, uh, ran a route on 74% of the pass plays. Like th- those are, are those are elite numbers. Still had just the 13 carries and the three targets. You kind of need that to come up. But I, I think – Coming off the long week now, I think he's going to see his biggest workload of the season, and he gets easily his easiest matchup of this season so far. Atlanta 29th in overall defensive DVOA. They're 27th against the pass, 27th against the run. So you know we know Barkley can do damage in both of those departments. Um, yeah, I'm going I'm to play him at six thousand bucks on Fanduel. Yeah, my inclination when I look at him is to say he doesn't feel safe enough to be in a cash lineup. But maybe what I actually mean is. Maybe I don't think he has the ceiling to be worth playing in a GPP lineup because if he's getting that usage and those touches in this matchup, he should be able to score decent floor points. I don't think that I believe in the Giants offense enough for Barkley to hit that ultimate ceiling, but he should be able to provide us value at 6,000. So um, as I was looking at the rankings, I'm like, I don't know about him here, but I think, you know, thinking it through more, I, I believe in him more than I thought I did for this particular format. Austin Eckler at 7K is going to be a starting point player for me too. It's easier to, you know, make Eckler make sense for DK where he has full PPR scoring, but those receptions also count on FanDuel. They don't count quite as much, but they count. Last week, 18 FanDuel points for Austin Eckler without a touchdown. So clearly we'll take those touches here. He's eighth in fantasy points per game at the position on FanDuel, ninth in salary. So slight value there. More importantly, he's a thousand plus in salary behind the top guys. He's seven hundred dollars cheaper than Chris Carson. Eight hundred dollars behind Nick Chubb. So there's lots of value to where Austin Eckler is. I think we both believe that he's going to put up numbers in this game. Whether he scores a touchdown, we'll see. There will be numbers either way. We mentioned the matchup on the DraftKings side, but the Chiefs are the second worst overall defense according to Football Outsiders ratings. The worst in the league against the run by a large margin behind everybody else. Yeah. And you know, we want touchdown upside on FanDuel. I I think Eckler has more touchdown upside this year than he has in the past. He got those two carries inside the five in week one. And then he got the two point conversion try in week two. So, so far it looks like this new Chargers coaching staff is going to use Eckler around the goal line. So that, you know, that helps him a ton on FanDuel. Yeah, it would not make sense to yank Austin Eckler near the goal line just to put in Larry Roundtree instead. Tournament side, what are you playing? I'm going to play some Leonard Fournette on FanDuel here. $5,800. Um, man, he's only $200 cheaper than Saquon Barkley, which feels gross to play Fournette, but that's just going to keep his ownership down even further. 
Um, two straight games now is the leader of the Bucks backfield. He had nine carries and seven targets in the first game, 11 carries and four targets in the second game. Top 20 among running backs and expected fantasy points in both of those games. So he's getting the usage in this, you know, top five, top three, maybe the best offense in the NFL. So, you know, that, that's kind of all you want out of a fantasy back. Um, the Rams also are, and really have been for the past few years now, tougher against the pass than the run. So, I, you know, the Bucks aren't going to come out and, you know, run it like crazy, um, but they might shift a bit more towards the run this week. So you could get like 15 carries out of Fournette plus a handful of targets. Yeah, I mean, really, you're just saying, all right, he's getting enough touches and he could get a touchdown at any point because of this offense. Yeah. How it, It's kind of crazy to me to think that Leonard Fournette right now is DeAndre Swift. <laughs> you wouldn't look at them as similar players, but, I mean, the, that's the way that the touches are going. Yeah, it's, it's true. They're not similar players, that's for sure, but the volume has been. I think Jared's got a thing for the the bald head and the full beard look, though, between Keenan Allen and Leonard Fournette. We're gonna we're gonna dive into that one a little bit further, you know, at some other point. But for now, we'll move over to Antonio Gibson, who I like in tournaments at sixty one hundred bucks. The Bills are seventh in Football Outsiders run defense DVOA, so not weak in that area right now, but just twenty third in Pro Football Focus collective run D grid. So maybe they're not playing the run as well. You know, take that for what it's worth. I'm not sure that I trust the Bills offense right now to pull away and make this a one-sided game and to take touches away from Antonio Gibson. I think there's a chance that happens, and that's why I mentioned Antonio Gibson on the GPP side and not as a cash play. But if it doesn't happen and Antonio Gibson stays on the field and stays heavily involved, 6100 is a great price versus what we expected his role to be coming into the season and really what his role has been. He was heavily involved in week one. He lost touches last week to J.D. McKissick in two-minute situations. As long as there's less of that this week, I think opportunities mean, um, you know, potential production for Antonio Gibson here. As I mentioned, Saquon Barkley is near identical in price. He's a similar bet for touches, similar downside, but he looks like he's headed for double the ownership. So I think you're getting something similar here at about half of the ownership in Antonio Gibson. That's a great price for Gibson. And yes, the floor is kind of low as like, you know, a road underdog who might lose snaps and, you know, come from behind situations, but you're really just worried about ceiling in tournaments and, and Gibson for that price, you know, could, could smash. And I think if Washington is going to make this a close game, it's probably going to be because Antonio Gibson is heavily involved. Yes. Agreed. Wide receiver. What are you playing for cash? Uh, Mike Williams for me at 6,000 bucks, uh, you know, it's a situation where I think that price is, is going to come up from here. I think he's way too cheap for the usage we've seen early this season. He Williams leads the chargers with 22 targets. Um, he's 15th among all wide receivers in air yards. He's tied for the league lead with four end zone targets and, and he's just playing well. He's seventh among the 95 qualifying wide receivers in PFF receiving grade. So the usage is there. He's playing like the first round pick that he was, um, great spot for the Chargers offense. So Mike Williams, six thousand dollars. You know that's that's five hundred to a thousand dollars cheaper than he should be. I think he's the guy I have down as well. And I, it's it, it makes sense to look at Mike Williams and think, okay, but when is the bubble going to burst? When he's going to when's he going to go back to be Mike Williams? But that's the thing is right now he's not the Mike Williams that we've seen in terms of usage. He has one more target than Keenan Allen. He has two more receptions than Keenan Allen through two games, and his A dot is 1.2 yards shorter than Keenan Allen's through two games. So basically right now, Mike Williams is 2020 Robbie Anderson. And the price has not caught up with that yet. And neither has the DFS ownership. He's about half of Keenan Allen's 
um, projected ownership on FanDuel this week. So at, add in the $600 difference or $900 difference in salary on FanDuel. And I agree, Mike Williams is tough to look away from in setting a lineup in this format. Yeah, Robert Woods is the other guy I have here for $6,100. Um, you know, Cooper Cup's obviously gotten all the production so far, but, you know, Woods does a 23% target share. Like, if that continues in this passing game that's been so good with Stafford, like, you know, Woods is going to be just fine. So $6,100 is a bargain for him. Yeah, I wish that the player field didn't believe that so much. I wish we were looking at, like, 4% Robert Woods this week. But yeah. as it is, you know, people just know, don't give up on Robert Woods yet. So I agree with that. Tourney side – I want to highlight some single-digit ownership guys at various price points. Marquise Brown at 6,600. Jared, you mentioned him on the DK side. Low-key breaking out since last year. So, I mean, we don't have to project it. We've seen it. And he's at least tied with Sammy Watkins as the top target in Baltimore and the more efficient um, receiver between the two of them. He's questionable with an ankle injury, so that adds some risk even if he's active for this game. But he did play through it last week. So kind of assuming that he's managing it at this point and we'll see where it goes. You know, that's the thing with these GPP lineups. We'll take the risk to chase that upside, which is clearly there for Marquise Brown, especially in the matchup. Elsewhere, guys I mentioned already, Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, both at less than 3% projected ownership on FanDuel. So I think that makes the Justin Fields stack all the more attractive. Take either of those guys, take both of those guys and see what happens. And then Jared Rondale Moore is at 1%. At $5,600. So, I mean, he's going to keep costing more, but 5600 I don't think, matches what he's gotten target-wise yet. He's definitely a boom-bust player, but he's also, this week at least, a nice way to leverage a, Kyle, a Kyler Murray lineup. You can put Rondale Moore along with DeAndre Hopkins with Kyler Murray, and then, you know, you're getting more of those Kyler points than other Murray players are getting. Mm-hmm. And Hopkins, of course, a game-time decision tomorrow with his rib injury. Man, Moore would become a great play if Hopkins is out. I wonder if that would boost his ownership. Um, $5,600, if we knew Moore was going to be like an every-snap player, would be would be great. And really, I mean, how much higher do we think that's really going to climb? Is it going to get past 15%? I don't yeah. think it'll go high enough that it totally changes the, you know, the call on him. Yeah, agreed. I want to throw out a little like mini game stack with two wide receivers here. DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson in that game. Um, they, they've they, they've just both been disappointing relative to expectations so far. Um, but the, the usage for both of them it has been fine. Metcalf has a 30% target share. He, he has the same amount of targets as Tyler Lockett, 16 apiece. Um, you know, Lockett's just gotten the big play so far. That's going to swing in Metcalf's direction soon. Um, you know, Justin Jefferson, he's been he's been fine. He's been even better than Metcalf, but you know, still maybe slightly disappointing. Uh, but he has a 23% target share. He's leading the team in red zone targets. So, you know, we've seen Thielen continue to get all the touchdowns so far, but that's going to swing too in Jefferson's favor. So you just kind of hope for a back and forth game here between Seattle and Minnesota. And, and I think both those wide receivers could, could explode this week. Yeah. I particularly like that because it's attractive to play either quarterback on uh, in that matchup as well. So yeah, I like putting those two guys together in a lineup tight end for cash. I think that Tyler Higby at 5,500 is a nice starting point against the Buccaneers. We've talked about him. He's getting plenty of usage. It's an upside matchup that we've seen uh, play out so far at tight end and just passing in general. There, it, it pays off right now to pass against the Bucs. And you yeah. would think that Sean McVay understands that, especially with Daryl Henderson banged up this week. As I said, though, starting point with Tyler Higby, I think there are steps up from that depending on how the rest of the lineup comes together. We've got TJ Hawkinson at 6,300 against the Ravens. We got Darren Waller at 7,400, and then Travis Kelsey at 8,500. 
I can't see myself getting up to that level for cash, but you know, certain builds, I guess it could work out. Yeah. I think Hawkinson or Waller are the two guys you want to try to get up to in cash games. You know, their prices are much closer on FanDuel here than they are on DK. I think they're kind of fairly priced here with Waller, you know, about a thousand dollars more than Hawkinson. I talked about Hawkinson on the DK podcast. Waller leads all tight ends and targets and air yards. The Dolphins, you know, the, the best part of their defense is their cornerback group. So that should just push more action to Darren Waller in this game. These teams met last year. Waller only saw six targets, but he caught five of them for 112 yards. Yeah, you know, th- th- There's no one in Miami's defense that can stop him. Um, so he is, you know, probably still a bit underpriced at $7,400 on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Anybody else for a cash tight end? Again, I think if you want the savings, Hawkinson is fine. Um, I do like Higby more so for tournaments. And then I like Mark Andrews for tournaments too, 6,000 bucks. You know, he, he's sitting on a career high route rate. He's uh, he's actually leading all tight ends in route rate too at 94%. You know, he's basically out in a route for every pass play the Ravens run. And if we like Baltimore's offense in this spot versus Detroit, you know, I think Andrews probably plays a big part in it. I feel like this is a good point, a good spot to point out that um, Jared, a couple of years ago, at least, I don't remember about last season, but it was root for you. So when did you make the switch from root to route? You kept bugging me about it. It was an off season project for me. <laughs> I'm here to help people grow. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I think Tyler Higby is probably even more attractive for a GPP lineup than cash because there is a chance that he just doesn't get the targets because they have Cooper cup. They have Robert Woods. On this side, though, we always like the upside on him. And I, even though his ownership level will be up a little bit, I don't think he's going to get high enough that it should change whether you choose to use Tyler Higby in a tournament lineup. He's, I think he'll be shy of Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey in ownership rate. He's looking similar to TJ Hawkinson, but offers $800 in salary savings. Also looks similar in ownership projection to Mark Andrews. But again, $500 in savings there. And certainly Mark Andrews is not a safer bet for targets from what we've seen. I do think on the tourney side, I might try a little bit harder to get up to Travis Kelsey. Um, maybe he doesn't quite get to his usual Travis Kelsey level, but more importantly, he has, he's the guy who has that potential to just, you know, smash the position and be somebody that you need that week. Definitely. I, I do like Higby though. Tampa's 22nd in football outsiders, tight end coverage rankings. They allowed nine catches to Cowboys tight ends in week one. And then Kyle Pitts went for uh, 73 yards on five catches in week two. So I think it's definitely a matchup that, you know, Higby can win mm-hmm. defense. What do you like here? Uh, the bills stick out to me at 4,100 bucks. They, they've just been a good defense through two weeks. They're second in football outsiders, DVOA uh, top seven against both the pass and the run. You know, Taylor Heineke has been good so far, but you know, he's, he's still Taylor Heineke and he's on the road here. He's probably gonna have to be throwing a lot in catch up mode. You know, the Washington seven and a half point uh, road underdogs. They also have the third lowest, implied total on the main slate. So, you know, Vegas is telling us the Bills defense should have a nice game here. Yeah, don't play Antonio Gibson and the Bills defense in the same lineup, but I do think that the Bills defense makes plenty of sense here. Also, give the Raiders a look at 4,000, but that's a little bit too close to the Bills, I think, to really make sense, especially because I think the Raiders are going to be popular because of their matchup this week. And then I mentioned it on DK, but I think that the Patriots are going to go with less ownership this week than they should at $4,700. A little bit expensive, so you have to do a little bit more fitting, but so much upside against the Saints this week, uh, especially in a home game. And really, I don't see a whole lot of reason to look outside that group of defenses as you're setting those FanDuel lineups this week. Other than the Falcons' defense, I'll mention them again, $3,500 on FanDuel. Just hope you get a you know bad Daniel Jones game and you're, and you're in business. 
Yeah, there's always the chance that playing the defense against Daniel Jones pays off. It didn't last week, which obviously is the argument against it. <laughs> exactly. That's going to do it for this week three FanDuel podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now. You can check out more player recommendations. Kevin English has your cash game picks. Corey Bushland has your top GPP options. And then play with our lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections and the fan share ownership projections. For more discussion of DFS and all other formats, you can also join the free DraftSharks Discord. Find the link to do so in the description for this podcast. For Jared Smola and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Shaft saying thanks so much for some of this.